Hey, Cage, what's happening? I haven't, I haven't seen you in a full year. Wow, Michael. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've hung out. Remember that podcast we were doing? Yeah, that was like a year ago, like back in 2018. Time like, flies. We're in 2019, though, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, like, do we continue with these? Like, what's what's the hmm. deal? Because, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, I was talking to John Gruden the other day, and he was actually saying he'd love to get on the podcast to talk about some of the things that happened. So why not give it another crack, right? You know, I seriously don't believe that John Gruden would want to be on the show. But at the same time, we I mean, it's a new year. We have the opportunity to get bigger and better. You know, let's just let's give it a shot. John Gruden's resolution this year was to be on the first and ten podcast. So I doubt he'll bail on us or something. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was part of his contract. Like, it, I, it's just in the fine print of his, mm. like, 10-year deal with the Raiders. Like, you know, it's it just in very small words. It's like, hey, if there's ever a startup podcast called First in 10, you have to be on the show. He is a friend of the show. So, uh, what so do you yeah, say, Michael? Yeah. Give another shot for 2019? I think so. Let's let's call him up. All righty. Okay, so he's not answering, <laughs> obviously. So, um... Do you want to just start the podcast then? Let's, you know... Let's just bring in Tyler. All right. Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's here. Shit. <laughs> well, I was in the bathroom. What's up? Tyler, Eating a wanna... bully. Yeah. Just Tyler, Tyler. Join our show. Come Tyler, on, take Tyler. Take a seat. Take a seat. Friend, friend of the show. I'm not doing the mushroom bully. Uh, Tyler, do you want to start us off? Give us the intro, Tyler. Hey, folks. Welcome to uh, this 2019 first episode of First and Ten Podcast. I am here, the, not next to Cage's dryer, not next to Cage's washer. I am at Cage's desk. To my left is Cage with a blindfold on. To my right on is Bird Michael. Box. Yes, like Bird Box. Yeah, because you have fucking pink on. <laughs> Wait, well, all right. Well, listen, listen. It's not my fault 2019 came in with a force and was just like, hey, Cage, I know this is a new year, but I'm going to give you pink eye on day two. I'm just doing the precautions to save you guys, all right? Yeah. I mean, at least we've, we've graduated from your laundry room to, like, your living room now, so, like... At least it's a little more comfortable, and we don't have to, like, hear, like, the dryer go off, like, every time we record. True, true. So. But I digress. After, you know, our stand-up comedy bit, welcome to the First in Ten show, folks. Uh, as Tyler mentioned, my name is Cage DePaulo. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Clement, and a uh, friend of John Gruden's friend of the show, Tyler Dion. How you doing, folks? Folks? Are, are, are we talking to the well, audience right now? No, but like... there's multiple of you guys Oh, you're now. talking to us. Yeah, oh, you guys are us? folks. You're plural. Yeah, do you, you want to go first, Tyler? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing pretty well, you know, it's 2019, I haven't accidentally said it's 2018 yet, so that's always a bonus. I haven't written anything down yet, though, so we'll see at that point. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, we specifically don't have to go back to school, like, for, like, a good point in January, just so we can, like, figure out just writing down 2019 on our papers. There's so much writing in pen, you can't even erase it anymore, so. Yeah. So besides me becoming Sandra Bullock, did anything else exciting happen to you gentlemen in the first few days of the year? Um, not, not really. Nothing, nothing too worthwhile. How about how about you, Tyler? I did almost finish that Stromboli calzone, but no, not yeah. Yet. You like came in here with like, true. Yeah, if you notice, this podcast is coming out on a Thursday. That is purely because it took Tyler a day and a half to finish a Stromboli calzone. It was a big one. So uh, we apologize for the day lateness, but Tyler, it took him a while, folks. Fueled up. Also, Michael, can we petition to just have Tyler record like multiple sound bits of him starting off our podcast and us using that every week? Yeah, he could be like. I, I think he has a good radio voice. He could be like. This is the first in ten podcast, and like it would be like followed with like a bunch of like techno noises, and then then we start talking. Yeah, no, you can't. I think he has a knack for yeah, yeah. No, that no. Don't ask too much. Okay, so we're 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 doing too much fuckery right now, so we should just kind of get into our show here. Um, Hit us with some headlines, Michael. We can hit week seventeen's over. But first, first, you've always missed the. We have to remind. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, 
of where we they can find us if they have not found us already and they somehow came across this. Tyler, as a as an avid viewer, want to tell the other viewers where you find us? Yeah, this is a quiz. I find yeah. you guys actually on your website at firstand10.com. Well, First and the number 10. Sports.com. Sports.com. I just type in F-I and it comes up. It's in my history. What about our other stuff, Cage? Oh, well, if you didn't know, we're on Apple and iTunes, which is the same thing, as well as Spotify. That's not the same thing. And you those can are two find different <laughs> entities. <laughs> you can find us on First and Symbol 10 on all of those entities, and we would very much appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating, a review, and a subscription. It would help us out. It would help feed our kids, and uh, it would help us further along our goal of world NFL podcast domination. Yeah. What about our Facebook and Twitter? Uh, Facebook, you can also find us at First and 10, and our Twitter is First and Number 10 Pod. First and number 10 pod. And Michael is actually going to be uh, really kicking that into gear while we're on break. Yeah. Posting a lot more quality content to help bring viewers in. Um, probably including a lot more Tyler sound bits since I've now determined that needs to be a staple into this podcast after hearing his 30 second intro. But yeah, those are all of our sellouts and promotions. Definitely check us out there if you haven't already. And definitely spread the word to help grow us for 2019. Because uh, by 2020, we uh, will be making big moves. I already know it, Michael. Hopefully. but uh, If you don't have internet, KJ Michael will come to your house and do the show live. We, we will do yeah. the show live. Michael and I have actually talked about doing this show live at some point this year We're at a certain location. We won't disclose now, but we have talked about it if we can get the gears really rolling for first and ten. Yeah, if we can do it, it's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, anyways, like I kind of forementioned before, I forgot that we have to sell out on the show. Uh, a lot of teams' uh, season ended today, or ended Sunday, I guess you could say. But um, with that came a lot of big headlines. So, uh, Michael, want to start talking about breaking down any of these headlines? Yeah. So one of one of the most disappointing um, games that like one team had this week was the Vikings playing the Bears. The Vikings, all they had to do was win, and they were in the playoffs. And the Bears kind of beat them with like one hand, like tied behind their back. So it, it's, I was just kind of like disappointed. It gave the Eagles a chance to make the playoffs, and they did clinch the playoffs. And, um, so yeah, the, the Bears just kind of knocked the Vikings out. The Vikings season is over. Kirk it, Cousins and Adam Thielen are probably going to box at some point on the off season because they got into it during the game. Um, it was like a very disappointing, like, think about it. The Vikings literally let go of Case Keenum specifically to bring in Kirk Cousins, give him all that money because they thought Kirk Cousins was the last thing they needed to make the Super Bowl. And then they missed the playoffs to Nick Foles' Eagles because they couldn't beat the Bears. Which, like, the Bears are a good team, but, like, this Vikings team, it's such... I feel like the big thing with it is they played just as well as they should have played. Like, they played at the level that they are at. But I really think they had the biggest expectations out of any team this year. Yeah. 100%. Like, it was it was Super Bowl or bust the second that they signed Kirk Cousins. And the fact that they didn't make the playoffs, I like, if you look at their skills on their team, it's not surprising, but everyone's surprised because everyone just expected them to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Tyler, any, any input? I mean, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, actually. In the, uh, this offseason, before the season started, I said the Vikings were my pick. But the, uh, the problem is, you, you look at this team, they, they put up 10 points, Kirk Cousins didn't look good. What do you do with Kirk Cousins? He has a fully guaranteed contract. The first one, like, Oh, you're you're riding the wave. You're riding the wave. Kirk Cousins is on there whether you want him or not. Yeah. I have a couple of friends who are Vikings fans who literally purchased Kirk Cousins jerseys hours after he signed on the team. So, uh, 
yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to be there. Like you said, it's a fully guaranteed contract. I think the Eagles just need to hope that they can get an offensive game running next year. They definitely didn't have a good offensive coordinator. John, what? You mean the Vikings. Oh, yeah. What team did I say? Eagles? Sorry, I'm thinking ahead, folks. The Vikings, the bird box is getting to me. I just took the headband off after the uh, skit, and I'm losing circulation in my brain. But I digress. The Vikings need a good offensive scheme. The Eagles, on the other hand, made the playoffs with the questionable offensive plan of starting Nick Foles in Week 15, like Michael and I have diluted to before. Um, Do you guys think, like, this really just is their plan to just start Nick Foles at the end of the season and ride that playoff wave? It definitely wasn't the plan, but it, like, was a very good situation <laughs> once, yeah. like, Carson Wentz got hurt. I mean, like, it, they they did not take a hit at all because, like, like I've said in the past, Nick Foles is literally just a closing pitcher at this point. Yeah, like, like if people try to argue and say, like, Nick Foles should be their starter instead of Carson Wentz, but I don't think that's true. Carson Wentz plays well. It's just the Eagles are in such a good situation where when this happens and they get an injury at quarterback, they have a nice, refreshed, good quarterback on their team that can win these games and make a push. Whether they actually make a Super Bowl push like they did last year's going to be questioned to scene. Having to go play the Bears is definitely going to be tough, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, the, uh, the Eagles snuck in there, which I don't think many people expected, taking the Vikings' place as the sixth seed. Um, another sixth seed. That was announced after Week 17 was the Colts. Yeah, they, after, they uh, beat the Titans. Which was really disappointing. I don't know if you guys agree. Um, I feel like it was going to be an exciting game. Like, you know, Andrew Luck versus Marcus Mariota. Mariota was out. But then so. Mariota was out. It yeah. was just like, I woke up Sunday morning actually excited to see who was going to win this, the sixth seed. And then all of a sudden you see Blaine Gabbard is starting. And it's, immediately I go, well, Colts are the sixth seed. Yeah. Like... Is it bad for me to just have no expectation for Blaine Gabbert to win this game? It's a fair assumption because he's no Nick Foles. <laughs> True. Nick, Nick Foles is probably the best backup in the league. He's like starting caliber pretty much. Yeah. So, it, I mean, there's not really like anything that like, I don't even know. like That could happen. I mean, especially I feel like if I'm correct, Blaine Gabbert played against the Colts the last time they played this season too, right? When the Colts like blew out the Titans, yeah, he, that was the game you came in. I remember, and you were talking about how he threw the worst interception of all time. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, that. Uh, see, this is why we have Tyler on, folks. Tyler actually watches our show, so Tyler Listen. can tell us about things. Watches, listens, same thing. I watch a podcast. I don't know. No, it's it's listen. All right, Technical I guess I guess I'll just leave. But yeah, and... I mean, I actually forgot about that, but that that was like such yeah, a now bad I'm having PTSD. That was such a bad interception. Yeah, that was like the like the week when like four or five backup quarterbacks like came in like during like those games yeah and like Blaine Gabbert like was the most disappointing of all of them but he had the lowest expectations and um yeah I remember like he like kind of like ran into his lineman and then he like hummed it like straight forward and it just went straight into someone Darius Leonard Darius Leonard's hands (laughs) yeah that was so I really wasn't expecting much I it would have been cool to see Mariota play I think the Colts would have won regardless but I definitely think it would have been a lot closer of a game. And probably the biggest headline uh, going into Week 17, or after Week 17, besides what our front office roundtable discussion will be about, is uh, the Antonio Brown versus the Steelers debacle. Yeah, I mean, a little background. I mean, the Steelers just got knocked out of the playoffs. They they beat the Bengals. They did their part to get into the playoffs. but The Browns were about 15 yards away from... Sending the Steelers to the playoffs. Sending the Steelers to the playoffs. The Ravens won. The Ravens clinched the AFC North. And probably 
I mean, it didn't come down to it, but Antonio Brown did not play in Week 17 against the Bengals, and it it, he, it wasn't because he was injured. <laughs> it was yeah. it was like a whole like disarray of like I don't even know misconceptions or. It was like arguments. It's what happened at the beginning of the season. I mean, think about it. Like, remember at the beginning of the year back in September when there was an argument or whatever and Antonio Brown missed a day of practice and then he, like, tweeted, like, trade me and find out or something like that when they said yeah. they didn't need him. Like, he's just – it's just a lot of drama around him and I think it's a similar thing. And honestly, I would have been very interested to see what happened if they did make the playoffs with him. Like, does Antonio Brown just show up next week and does he just – play in the playoffs or is this something that would have loomed over into the postseason i think antonio brown might have come back but just in the the way that the steelers got knocked out of the playoffs and their season is over i feel like that's just adding more fuel to the fire here yeah i think um i mean antonio brown his his time in pittsburgh might be up he, uh, he he's pretty much said that he wants to go to pittsburgh i mean not pittsburgh to san francisco, francisco. him and george kittle have uh, exchanged quite a few emojis with each other yeah. i was actually going to say tyler uh, michael what do you guys think quickly is your solution or what you think is going to happen with antonio brown i think it's just going to be a whole falling out period i think that the steelers are probably going to treat this very poorly like they did with Le'Veon bell and that whole situation wasn't even that long ago yeah it, like it the it finished towards the end of their season this year mm. with Le'Veon Bell. And now Le'Veon Bell is most certainly going to leave the team. Yeah, I mean, he's all but gone. Yeah. So do you think that you think the Steelers trade? I think the Steelers will look into trades. I think they they won't trade Antonio Brown immediately, though. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to get a good deal or the deal that they want well, they for Antonio Brown. They won't be able to until March, right, when free agency starts? Yeah. So The league year has to be good. Yeah. So, I mean, they have time before any of that could even happen anyways, whether it's time for the relationship to be fixed again or whether it's time for them to find a proper trade. Tyler, I mean, do you? what do you think is going to happen? Per- all right. Most franchises, I say there's virtually a 0% chance Antonio Brown gets traded, but you never know with a team like the Steelers with, with, with the way that they run. But they're in a weird spot where they're not rebuilding, so it's not like they're eager to ship him off and get a boatload of draft picks in return like, say, the Raiders were with Khalil Mack. But they are also they still want to be a contender, and contenders typically don't trade away generational talents like Antonio Brown. Well, I was uh, I was, I was was seeing something. A, peop, lot, or a few people were comparing this to like the Vikings-Randy Moss situation. Um, very similar. Like the Vikings weren't really trying to necessarily rebuild as much, but it just they they just had to separate themselves from Randy Moss, even though Randy Moss is still was still a generational talent. I mean, think about how many years he had successfully in New England afterwards. But like almost like the same thing where the, they were just at a point where they could they just it wasn't going to work out. Like Randy Moss and the Vikings, they it couldn't work out. Just like almost Antonio Brown and the Steelers. But also, I feel like in my eyes, you could argue the Steelers are two steps away from going into a rebuilding phase you trade you know you're gonna lose bell like michael said ben roethlisberger is you on trade his way out. that's what i'm saying you trade antonio he's, he's brown and ben roethlisberger's on his way out yeah you have juju and james connor but like you have a new quarterback josh dobbs, josh dobbs or another rookie because we don't know what josh dobbs really has you're officially rebuilding you're not a super bowl contender if your team is Josh Jobs, Juju, and James Conner, and that defense, because that defense still is missing pieces too. You have pieces, but you're not a contender. You're still trying to find an identity. Yeah, it's not a bad situation to have to have guys like that because it could be a lot, lot worse. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be comparable to the Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Zeke and now Amari Cooper. 
because it's just going to be a bunch of lo- young guys that are going to be running an offense together, and it's gonna mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Yeah, but I think it'll work out for them in a couple years. It's just next year is going to be a little shaky. A little bit different. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, I don't think we should spend too much time talking about Antonio Brown because, like I said, when we were talking about this before the podcast, everybody and their mother is discussing this topic. My mom yeah. Was. I mean, Leonard Fournette also is, I mean, his future is questionable he's, in Jacksonville. He's another one, yeah. Tom Coughlin is not too pleased with him. Him I mean, and TJ Yeldon. Yeah. 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 It might be more likely that he is on the move than Antonio Brown this offseason. I agree. Yeah. I was saying to Michael, actually, as well, that, you know, the whole thing with them firing the runnings back coach and then adjusting for its contract or something like that, where... Yeah, taking away his benefits. Taking away his benefits really just is kind of clear signs. But I really think that also the hidden thing is the fact that they have Carlos Hyde under contract for, I believe, another two more years. So they can afford to get picks for Fournette if they really feel like he isn't their future because they'll have a stable running back position for two more years. Carlos Hyde is a good running back. He put up really good numbers in Cleveland before he left. The only reason he was traded is because Nick Chubb is an even better running back. So and younger too, and younger, and they're paying less for him. So I mean, I really think that that could be another bigger move. Like you said, I honestly could see Fournette leaving before Brown does because it just seems like the writing is already there for Fournette to be traded for like a third round pick in March. But um, definitely a lot of interesting things to look forward to in the offseason. We'll definitely keep Michael and I busy during the slow months of the podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, this is a good segue to move into our big discussion, addressing the elephant in the room. A couple of days ago was what um, most league execs call Black Monday, <laughs> where after Week 17, all the teams that are not in the playoffs kind of um, – What's the word I'm looking for here? Dispose of. Dispose nah, of. Dispose of is a bad... I don't, I don't know if I would actually never mind. They're, they're cleaning house. They're, they're cleaning, cleaning house. house. They're getting but are they of, cleaning house, though? Not not exactly. They're, they're doing... They're kind of just... They're, they're letting go of the bad results. Yeah, they're just putting the blame on some guys and letting them go and trying to get something going for the future. And uh, fun fact, I mean, quickly, you know, we'll, we'll get into this in the discussion, but for our front office roundtable and a big reason we introduced... We're, we're having Tyler on the show this week... Is because we feel like, you know, being a friend of John Gruden, he knows a lot about the head coaching st- situation and a lot of insight. So he'll Should be we able just to help. like disclaim now that he is not a friend of John. He's a friend of John Gruden, who's a friend of the show. I'm gonna say just for now, in case this ever brings us any legal trouble, John Gruden is not friends with Tyler. <laughs> friend of John Gruden, Tyler Dion. Is there any legal trouble that could come with saying that you're a friend of John Gruden? I can do a pretty good John Gruden impression, so probably not. And I don't you, think you should do the. Gr- I'm not. Don't do the impression. I'm not. I just. I just want people. Yeah, to know. I don't think Gruden likes that. But anyways, I digress. That's why we have him on the show. We're going to be talking about all the firings. There are now head eight, sorry, head, eight head coaching vacancies available, two of which were in the middle of the season being Cleveland and Green Bays, and the six others being the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Broncos all fired the head coaches. This is as of now, so I mean there could be more head coaching changes, but those are the vacancies, um, like I said, including Cleveland and Green Bay. And, uh, you know, what, Tyler, Michael, what are you guys, at least starting with this part, what What are your thoughts on, you know, if you think these were all good decisions to fire these coaches, if you think someone got snubbed? I'm very, very upset that the Cardinals fired Steve Wilkes. I'm very upset about that because I don't think Steve Wilkes did anything to get fired. If anything, like, I, I know you have said this in the past, Cage, but literally his players were 
trying to keep him on the team. That just says something about like a bond between coach and player. Mm. Like that 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 can go a far way. Yeah, if they can like get a system that is going for them, and obviously this season didn't go well for them because they had Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback under center. They don't really have all the pieces there. They are, if anything, they barely have any pieces. So to put the blame on Steve Wilkes and to fire him one season into his <laughs> head coaching career. It's. I feel like it's just unneeded. It was a weird spot to begin with. I mean, Tyler, chime in whenever you want. Seriously. Um, but like the whole thing, it started with you know their GM running into Steve Wilkes on vacation at like a Florida beach or something, talking to Steve Wilkes at this beach, hitting it off with him, inviting him to come to Arizona after the vacation for an interview, and then giving him the job. So it wasn't even like this dude was on their radar. Then he gets the job. They set him up with nothing. He has David Johnson who's coming back from a serious injury. He has Sam Bradford who we know doesn't care about playing football. He's just in it for the money. And now rookie quarterback Josh Rosen who we know needs time to, you know, develop. His only skill positions are Larry Fitzgerald who, you know, is great, a first ballot Hall of Famer but old. He's on his way out. He's on his way out. And Christian Kirk who's a mid-round rookie who's who has talent but is raw. And then on the defensive side of the ball, and got injured. On the defensive side of the ball, the only real people you honestly have is Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones. Like, he really didn't have much to work with. And again, he's also a defensive-minded coach, so it's tough for him to help elevate this offense if that's not his strong suit. So, like, you, it's tough to really even, like, expect you to not go anything like a first couple picks in the draft. So to fire him immediately, it just seems like such a poor, poor decision um, I, I think it also sp- like creates a lot of distrust in the locker room between f- players in front office because of how hard the players fought for him to stay. And now they're just like, wow, well, clearly the front office doesn't care about our opinions. I feel like Vance Joseph also has a similar situation getting fired. This is his second year into coaching the Broncos, but I feel like he was a good coach also. He also didn't have really much tools to be like successful you can only go so far with case keenum as your quarterback and i i cringed when the broncos gave him a contract but yeah uh, well this, this, i think this is the issue and todd bulls falls falls into this category the league is moving to a spot where they see coaches like matt Nagy, they see coaches like frank reich they see coaches like sean mcveigh with these offensive-minded coaches who get team up with these young quarterbacks and then all of a sudden year one there uh even doug peterson year two he won a super bowl these coaches are winning their divisions they're making the playoffs so teams are looking at these more old school defensive minded coaches like bowls like joseph like wilkes and they're saying well why are we doing that is it because our coaches focus on the defense this is an offensive league we want firepower and they're just getting rid of these guys and and i agree with michael uh it's too early to get rid of a lot of these guys maybe ta- i think three years is usually like into the third season, you can tell a coach isn't working out. Now there are some, there are some exceptions. Uh, most notably, Cam Cameron. I don't know if you guys remember Miami Dolphins head coach. They went one and fifteen with Cam Cameron in his first season as their head coach. That's a, that, that's pretty safe to say. All right, well maybe this guy's not coming back for another season. But a guy like Steve Wilkes, I don't know. I just feel like he, he didn't have the pieces. That was just a bad roster. Yeah. I, I mean, also Vance Joseph. I think Todd Bowles kind of he he dug his grave three straight seasons with at least eleven plus losses. Um, 
you know, especially after his first season, they went 10 and six and almost made the playoffs. Like you clearly had pieces there. I really think it was just a bad mold. And also the Jets needed to get a coach that will help put Sam Darnold to his ceiling as soon as possible right. because, you know, Todd Bowles wasn't going to do that. Um, I think Vance Joseph, like the Broncos were in the playoff hunt until week 15 when the Browns beat them. They, they were there. And if you think about it, they could have been in it if they didn't lose Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders for the year. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they they could have they could have still been in the playoff hunt. They could have almost made it if they didn't lose those two. Your number one wide receiver and your number one cornerback. That's gonna immediately end your season with that stuff. So I don't think Vance Joseph was necessarily you know that bad. And I also think it shows that. The fact that Vance Joseph already is setting up multiple head coaching interviews with these other teams that fired their coaches. <laughs> Most head coaches, if you don't know, when you get fired, you're not getting openings. You don't. You're, it takes a few years. It takes least. a few years before you can get back into it, and it's usually almost never a head coach again. It's usually always a coordinator. No, they'll get hired pretty quickly sometimes as a coordinator. But it takes it usually takes a couple of years to get back in there as a head coach. So like the fact that you know Vance Joseph and honestly Adam Gase too, I believe Adam Gase, Gase has multiple years, interviews. I you yeah. know just kind of shows that a lot of people truly believed it was the system and just the players around them at, for those two teams that are the reason, and also the front office for maybe being a little premature. I think Adam Gase needed to separate from the Dolphins just because you know they brought him in three years ago to be this person that will elevate Ryan Tannehill. And that's his thing. He's a quarterback coach. And in those three years, he had to deal with, you know, of injury-plagued Ryan Tannehill, Matt Moore, and Brock Osweiler. Like, he's not going to win games with that. You you just simply don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone can elevate Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill has peaked, and this is the best we will ever see from Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and uh, another thing about the Dolphins' offense, too. Like, they had Jay Ajayi, but it wasn't Gase's fault that he got traded to Philly. <laughs> he's not the GM. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. Which, I mean, I'd like to also bring up to you guys, uh, what do you like? I feel like GMs are just way too cozy, way too safe. I think <laughs> there's way too many GMs that need to be let go or teams need new GMs that just aren't happening. There's like too much wonky stuff going on with GMs in the league. Like you have like teams that have actual GMs and then you have the Raiders who just hired Mike Mayock like an NFL network like Who, analyst it's like obviously like in no world should make Mike Mayock you know not take the offer yeah like I understand why I took it but why are the Raiders like where where are they coming from to give uh, like he he's almost like he's a glorified scout is what he does not in yeah. a bad way but that's what he does he's a scout but he's a scout for NFL network so he produces content or he produced I should say content for NFL network about scouting and you know player prospects and stuff basically what teams do but he's doing it for the public for us to see so I kind of get it but like he doesn't I to my knowledge he doesn't have actual like he's never actually worked for a team before correct well i don't think so no no i've never heard of anything but john gruden's thing when he got hired there is he's almost like a de facto gm for them in the sense that which is why it's i can't believe that uh, that the raiders gm reggie mckenzie is the only gm who got fired because john gruden made most of those moves mckenzie didn't he had not, he didn't have a whole, a whole lot to do with the amara cooper trade with the Khalil Mack trade mm. that was a lot of john gruden so I guess, as weird as this sounds, Mayak might fit in Oakland just because they're almost saying, like, we really only need you for the draft in this. John Gruden is going to run wild and do his thing, and we just need someone. Although, I have heard that Mike Mayak is not afraid to say no to John Gruden. 
And that's something that the Raiders want, which is hilarious, seeing as how they just yeah. gave him a huge contract to be like th- this overlord of the Oakland Raiders for the next decade. Yeah. And now they want someone Basically, to Basically, not even stuff. Oakland Raiders. They're never yeah, playing the in Los- Oakland yeah. again. We don't, they're just the Raiders. It's the blank Raiders, actually, for, <laughs> for next year. For, for next year, they are just the, the – the, they'll play in, like, Seattle. We'll call them the Seattle Raiders. I truly think next season – They're going to London next year. London. I think next season I'm just gonna call them whatever team, whatever city they're playing in. They play yeah. all road games. Like San, like... the San Francisco Raiders, like wherever they go until they finally move yeah. to Las Vegas, because they're just they're not even they are officially not are the homeless. Oakland Raiders. They are homeless. Th- this week, I mean, this week we're, they're the West Virginian Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like it also like think about this like jo- John Elway, obviously Hall of Fame quarterback. He, yes. What he did as a quarterback is a great quarterback. He is a terrible GM, and I will <laughs> go out and say this on this podcast terrible GM, but they will never release him or fire him because the only way he'll go is if they mutually part ways, yes. which yeah. isn't going to happen because Elway doesn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, and now the Broncos are giving him more power because now he's going to basically pick who's going to be the head coach and who's going Again, to become Again, think about how bitch. many head coach he's had since he's, you know, Gary Kubiak, John Fox, Vance Joseph, another new head coach. He's he's had a ton Did of head coaches. Did he hire Josh McDaniels? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm no, not sure I don't think he was. No. Okay. But then also quarterbacks. Think of all the quarterbacks he's had. It, it's just, you know, I, like there's so many GMs I feel like that just need to just also just be wiped clean. But a big part of this that I think they aren't is unlike coaches and stuff, I feel like GMs are like, like buddy buddies with the owners because they are working with the owners more than coaches are. So like the GMs can be like, Wow, this coach sucks. Am I right? Like he's not. I'm giving him all these players, and he's not winning with my players. And the owners are like, "Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess yeah. we'll fire the coach." Yeah. Like meanwhile, the GMs just like, "Yeah, nice. There we go." But like, there's just a lot of GMs I can think of that also need to be fired. Like I said, not saying that some of these firings weren't justified. Obviously, Hugh Jackson had to go. Obviously, Mike McCarthy had to go. Yes. Obviously, Marvin Lewis had to go in 2010. <laughs> Michael, I want you. I want to listen to you talk about Marvin Lewis. You've Marvin been Lewis. excited about this. Oh, yeah. Geez. I. I I didn't believe it when he got fired (laughs) because I've been waiting for years for him to get fired. And it's not because I don't like him as a person. I think he's a great guy, obviously. I just don't think he is a good coach for the Bengals. He's just produced very average results year after year. And I don't even think did have they gotten into the playoffs? They've gone to the yeah, pl- yeah. oh they've gone to the playoffs multiple times. He just he's he's never time. won yeah. a playoff game in yeah. his sixteen years. It's just really weird. It's it, 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 I don't know. I th- I think he just needs a new place to be a coach, because I think like in Cincinnati, it's literally just like Groundhog Day, like every day for him. He just like wakes up. He's like, okay, let's like go win a game and then lose a game, then win a game, then lose a game. And he was just getting things going this year with Andy Dalton. I think they just don't. Uh, Andy Dalton and AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. They they were finally getting a good offense, but then they just kind of like fell off as soon as like. Andy Dalton and AJ Green got hurt. They but, have been unlucky with injuries before, but even when he has made the playoffs, you've seen some really questionable coaching from Marvin Lewis in these games. Yeah, uh, it goes back. I don't know if you guys remember that game between the Bengals and the Steelers a few years back when they just kept fighting each other the whole game. Oh yeah, yeah. And, like when, the coaches started fighting each other. Yeah, when Burflick like and Antonio Brown were just like yeah. fucking each other up. That, yeah, that, that wasn't a great look for either. All right, teams. now I have a part B to this question for you guys. Do you think Hugh Jackson becomes the new head coach of the Bengals? I hope to God not. Yeah, but I don't think the Bengals are better than that. I, th- I think they're going to make him. You don't think yeah. the Bengals are better than that? You I think they actually guys... could make Hugh Jackson the head coach? Have the Bengals ever done anything where you were like, wow, what a well-run franchise? I, I mean, they copied the Browns 
like you know, like colors and logo schemes. So and their their stadium is named after the Browns founder. Yeah, and their stadium is named after the Browns founder. So I guess that's pretty like cool. That, but that uh, true. but like that's not like their own stuff. <laughs> they yeah. just like AJ Green just fell into their lap. Like that's not really the only. You like, can, yeah, you can. Argue I mean, listen, as a Browns right? fan, I will be happy if Hugh Jackson becomes that coach. I think if you're a ba- if you're the Bengals owner, regardless of the questionable decisions you made. You cannot make Hugh Jackson your head coach. You simply cannot do that. You cannot. That is saying to your fans, to your players, to everything that you just are not prepared because Hugh Jackson, he might eventually be a head coach again, you know, might be able to prove right. himself. But after going one in 31, it, it, after it, being fired, after taking up an assistant to the head coach, which doesn't exist, after leading the defense to like let up hundreds and hundreds of yards a game, losing to the Browns twice after you got fired by them, you cannot make this man your head coach. It would just be bad publicity. It would be bad everything. They need a guy who is not in that building or was not in that building this year. Interesting point about the Bengals. Josh McDaniels turned them down for an interview. I don't know if other coaches will do that as well or if that's just a He turned them down because they just weren't a promise. Like, they were just, they were a mess. Yeah, he thinks they're stuck there. They Um, are. And they're, like, in limbo. (laughs) I mean, but, like, speaking of, like, you know, Josh McDaniels turning them down and stuff because they weren't interesting, what do you guys think is the most interesting head po- head coaching open and opening and the least interesting head coaching opening. See, I'm going to take that question and I'm going to manipulate it a little bit because I really want to talk about what's going on in Atlanta because they fired both of their coordinators and their special team coach. So you're just guy. not going to answer my question. So I I mean I I think that they have like a great situation going on there. So he's just not answering. I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to Actually, like, I'm probably not going to answer your question, to be honest. But I'm going to answer it afterwards. I'm going to answer it after what I have to say. Okay. Because I think, like, I'd I'd really like to see Atlanta, you know, get back to being Atlanta. And I think, like... I think they will next year. Firing all of their coordinators and, like, their special teams coach, like, is kind of questionable. I'd like... It's it's, it's interesting to me. But going back to things here. Yeah. I would like to see... I'm going to talk about Marvin Lewis again. (laughs) Okay. I think... I I would like to see Marvin Lewis go to Denver. Okay, so is Denver your most interesting head coaching opening? I don't. Th- it's definitely not the most interesting. I think Cleveland is yes. by far the most interesting. Green Bay a little bit too, but like there's only so far that you can go. You just have Aaron Rodgers and I like think a the- bunch of like very little cap room. But Cleveland is definitely the place to be if you want to be a head coach soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I actually I think that there are some openings that are are more and less attractive. Uh, the Cardinals' job isn't looking great. They just had a one and done coach. What what's to say they won't have a second one if they just did it? Uh, that roster is not very good. Then there, I think the Green Bay job is the least attractive job out of all of them, and that's because you look at Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl with them. He makes the playoffs almost every year. They have missed it two years in a row, but. They're not going to be patient with you. Whatever coach goes to Green Bay, they're going to expect not only to make the playoffs, but they're going to want a deep playoff run right off the bat. They know Aaron Rodgers. Not that he's old, but how old is he? He's in his 34, yeah. I think, 35. Well, I, I think he's like, yeah, early 30s. I, I also think the thing is, even though they've said their front office is like, we're not having Aaron Rodgers help us look for a head coach. He's a player. Where I he really needs, think They he need a needs, stamp of approval. They need a stamp of approval because if it's the same thing like with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers where they didn't get along, Green Bay is going nowhere. That Green Bay needs a head coach that will be friends with Aaron Rodgers and they can work together. And if they can do that, I think Green Bay will be a force again. But if they just hire someone, don't ask Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't like that dude, they're going nowhere. No. I think like another coaching job that's like very low-key like interesting 
I think the Jets' job is yes, going to be very good because the Jets are on the up and up. Yeah, they finally have a quarterback. They have they cap room. They have cap room too. So who's to say that they won't just land Le'Veon Bell this year? Mm-hmm. Another job, yeah. uh, in addition to Green Bay, I would not want if I was a prospective head coach is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that the Dolphins' job, when you have Ryan Tannehill, and I heard this point earlier in the radio, loved it. Uh, Rich Keith made it on WEI. If you guys ever want to give them a listen, are you plugging other shows in? Oh, on our show? I don't know. I'm not trying to. We like to use but our. I'm, sources I'm trying to give credit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I want, I'm, I'm giving credit I'm, to my source. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is the worst kind of quarterback you can have, and that he's just good enough to be a starter. He's like probably like, he's like a top twenty, top twenty five guy where like you know you will not win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill. Unless you get a situation like Peyton Manning had in his final year with the Broncos, where that defense was so otherworldly and you played a way overrated Panthers team in the Super Bowl. I think. <laughs> Just throw that in there. The, uh, a way overrated Panthers <laughs> team. By the way, yeah. Panthers suck. <laughs> worst 15 and 1 team I've ever seen. Anyway. Uh, I just think that you're stuck with a Ryan Tannehill guy who's making a, a a real lot of money down there in Miami just to be average if he even plays. You need to move on with a quarterback, but at the same time, if you if you swing and miss on a quarterback, it looks so bad because at least you had a guy who could get you to eight and eight before, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you don't have that and you are a laughing. Does any, do you guys know what what number the Dolphins pick in the draft is? It top ten at least? Yeah, I it think, is, no, actually no. I think, no, it, lowers, I think it's yeah. ju- isn't it just after ten? Yeah, they're like it's right around where they were last because year. they were in the playoff picture until week sixteen. Yes. Yeah. So that I, I forgot about that. So I think they finished seven and nine. It has to be like a like a fourteen fifteen pick, right? I'd estimate like thirteen twelve. So like they'll be out of the. I mean, they could move up to get a quarterback. You'd have to imagine a quarterback has to be the position they get with a first round pick. Or they could just easily trade down because there really aren't any yeah, alluring. I mean, unless if they right sign somebody in free agency, I suppose there's a lot. Those of Those aren't great either, though. But um, I, I I mean I definitely think I agree with what you guys said. I really think the Jets, honestly, is the second most interesting opening. Yeah, I think they Miami's they have three too. They have you know Sam Darnold, but not only just Sam Darnold. You know they signed Quincy Nua to an extension. Yeah. Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson is playing well. Jamal Adams is playing great on the he, safety he's position. He's, he's playing the face re- of the team now. Who's, Jamal who's that you're running back? Elijah McGuire has looked good for them. Yeah, they they have they have a an average committee. Yes, you know Elijah McGuire. Crowell. I don't know how long Corolla is there um, for. No, but like it, you know, it's not it's Still, not terrible. Right. Like it's it's almost like kind of like the Patriots when they had Ridley, uh, right. Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen. Right, right, right. Like it, it'll get the job done. Exactly. None of them are like studs, but could it'll get, get the job they wanted. They could get Bell, like, like you said, yeah. like Michael said, they had the cap room, and I think if they get Bell, it'll make the Jets even more interesting. Their I, defense will they need to work on. Yeah, but they can. That that's the thing is, is, is that's a, a possibility for them. They just need a coach who will come in and help Sam Darnold develop, and I think that is what they're gonna get. Yeah. Um, but I mean, going back kind of like what Michael said, obviously there were also like assistants that were fired, you know, the, the Falcons clean shop, rest in peace, Jim Bob Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter, um, got fired, which I'm devastated by. He was actually a pretty good offensive coordinator. He, a lot, I think he'll find a job. He'll be as a coordinator, not as a head coach, but as a coordinator. He'll, he'll, I think a new head coach will definitely bring him in because he, he had a good, he was brought in to revolutionize Matt Stafford's game. Yes. And he and honestly he did, it. did it. He did if do you it. Look at the year he came in. Their offense completely flipped when he took over as offensive coordinator. People in Detroit wanted Jim Bob Cooter for president. That yeah. man was like a man of goal. He was like Willy Wonka in that town. Patricia might be on his way out, I'm hearing, which I would not agree with after one year. But I'm hearing that there are a lot of, uh, even players in the Lions, they don't like him very much. I just think it's just because of the culture shock. Yes. I think. Um, I agree. Just going, doing the Bill Belichick system. The Lions, I feel like, were always just such a complacent team. 
and they just you never really heard of them having crazy practices no. or being strict or just anything. They were just the Lions. Like yeah. they could win some games, but yeah. if they won games, it's because Matt Stafford put the team on their back. Right. It was never because of their defense. You know, what I mean, it was never. They never. They didn't have a hundred yard rusher for years, <laughs> years, like, like five years until Carry On Johnson came around. So it was never because of their running game. Now they have a running attack. But if they ever won games, it was purely because Matt Stafford yes. just put up like seven hundred yards yeah. and won the game for them. So I just think it's just like this team is like a very complacent team. It's a big reason. Think about it. Calvin Johnson retired so young because he just he didn't want to be on that team. It just wasn't. And he, yeah, he wasn't going to give them the disrespect of leaving to go to a different right, team. Right. He was just like, I'm not going to bail on you. I just I'm just not going to play. Like I'm I'm just going to quit. Um. So I I don't think it's a smart idea to fire Matt Patricia. No, I don't neither. think they. Will. I don't agree with it. I don't think they will. But just the fact they're talking about it, like you said, it says a lot about how that organization is run. Yeah. But, I mean, I think one of the final things we can really talk about with this, like, roundtable discussion is, you know, people being mentioned for new head coaches. I think one of the bigger things, and even though this is kind of college football, Lincoln Riley, one of the bigger names to be a head coach, actually just signed an extension. I don't blame him. If you Um, look at how quickly teams are throwing away head coaches, why would you ever want to leave a place where you've made the college football playoff two years in a row – you now they they love you. He 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 could run for governor in the state of Oklahoma and probably win at this point. True, he, they love him down there. Not as much as Detroit loves Jim Bob Cooter. That's true. Yeah, he's, I'd like to he argue faced tough opposition. I'd Bob like to Cooter. argue that Jim Bob Cooter might be like considered for a head coaching position. I wouldn't be shocked. Just the way I think teams like, want like I could see him landing a job in Cincinnati. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I don't know what Jim Bob Cooter looks like. I'm gonna look him know. up while we record this podcast. Right, he now. looks like a very average guy. Is he older? Is he? I just I don't know. I just he's love like middle age. I imagine him as a very old man with a big mustache, but he's not. He's a. Yeah. Uh, Oh wow, he yeah. is a young looking guy. A, he's just a guy, pretty much. Yeah, he's, he's just a dude. <laughs> he's just a dude. Yeah, his name is just Jim Bob. The Jim Bob Cooter. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for a really ugly guy to get hired as head coach. I don't know about you. Well, guys, I mean, but... who was that guy? That, um, that like coached uh, San Francisco like we... a couple years ago. Oh, Jim Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula. My favorite he came guy out of the... nowhere. He had yeah, a, he was a he janitor. Deserved to be one and he was a homeless he had janitor. An, he had yeah. an ugly mug. Yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. He... 49ers had two one and dones in a row. That was that that was interesting. Was he a one and done? Chip Kelly and then Tom Sula were both one and done. Wait, no. Chip Kelly came after Tom Sula. Oh, then it went Tom Sula's one and done, yeah, and then, then Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly. My bad. Yeah, because Tom Sula was the whole. I mean, oh, we, we're, we're going Harbaugh, on a little right? bit of a yeah, tangent. Sorry about that, people. But yeah, Jim Tom Sula was. You know, he was the whole mastermind who got them to fire Harbaugh or yeah. got Harbaugh to leave. Yeah, he, he like them. manipulated. He staged the a coup. He staged, yeah, he yeah. staged a coup to get Harbaugh to leave to hilarious. be the head coach because they had that much confidence <laughs> in this man, and he was just oh my god, Jim. I forgot about Jim Tom Sula. He's one of those things that like you just kind of repress until yes. it's brought up again. But, um, yeah, I mean, going back to an actual topic, thanks, Tyler. Lincoln Riley, not really going to go anywhere now. Another big name, actually, who I didn't even hear of was the Rams quarterback coach, Zach Snyder. Yes, or, yeah, he's he going to like around He was, like, 34 years old. He's, he's like very 30. young. I mean, it's it, it's I think it's also the approach, like you guys have mentioned, like the Sean McVay's, like these offensive minds. Especially from Sean McVay tree. A Sean yeah. McVay tree, I think we're going to start seeing – I don't think as much maybe a little bit this year, but I think if the Rams play as well as they have the last two years, next year as well, we're going to start seeing a Bill Belichick, Andy Reid situation with the Rams where Sean McVay's tree of assistance is just going to keep getting plucked because of how well he grooms them all. Now, the difference is between those two trees, the Reid and Belichick tree. The Andy Reid tree does really well as head coaches. Bill Belichick tree does not. They have not had a single good head coach. Now, the jury's still out on Patricia. If McDaniel wants to give it another try, maybe he'll Mike he'll Vrabel, I don't think he's had I mean, a bad... That's true. Mike Vrabel, that's I think, true. is one we of the best Bill Belichick that's trees that's had in his rookie season. Yes. They they literally 
got eliminated from the playoffs week 17. Mike Vrabel yes. had a, had no, a he's, pretty he's solid you, rookie year him. as a head coach, to be honest. And, they finished 9-7. and seven. Right. Which is especially with a not great Titans team. And yeah. then they uh, Billy O'Brien uh, for the Texans. I don't know how much you count him as a Belichick. He was only a coordinator there for a year. He's still a solid head coach. But no, he, I think he's a good head coach, and that, that's my point. Yeah, he just wasn't with the too. Patriots for very long. Billy O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Sorry. I mean, you could call him Billy if you want to. I, are you friends I, with him? Yeah. I was, are you I, friends again, with Bill O'Brien? For legal reasons, I cannot claim to be friends with Bill Are you Bill, You're okay. friends with Bill O'Brien okay. and John Gruden? I think we're getting a little off track here, so we might need to move on. I just didn't realize Tyler was friends with this many coaches in the NFL. I, yeah, I didn't know this either. I might have to get some, it's my get some contact know. information after this. Yeah, yeah. Do but anyways, you, wild card weekend. Oh, up. that's happening. I forgot that's about happening. that. Yes. I like, Wait, the season not over? I have browns ended. I just thought the season was over. I was ready to call it quits. Wild card weekend is happening in a few days, and uh, Pages never playing. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. Browns never playing. I don't know what that's like either. So don't worry. So uh, we got ourselves some good matchups. Texans Colts starting out um, that Saturday four o'clock. I think that's the first game of the wild card weekend. It is. Texans are hosting the Colts. Texans are the three seed against the six seed Colts, who just made the playoffs. By winning against the Titans. Titans, but this is an interesting matchup because these two teams split in this season. I think Week Four they played, yep. and the Texans won, and that started the Texans like huge Nine win game. streak. And then it, in Week Fourteen, the Colts ended that. Yeah, the Colts. <laughs> they started it and ended it. <laughs> they started it and ended it. Um, I would like to preface for you listening to the show. We have already made sure Michael is not making T. Y. Hilton his cookies again. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest loss about this game is that there is no booger mobile again. That's devastating. That, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you think like ESPN's just gonna like get rid of that like for I, good or? I I mean I definitely think this has nothing it. to do with the Texans at the Colts, but yes, I think they're gonna get rid of it for good. The booger mobile needs to go. I think the whole ESPN. I think booger needs to go. I think yeah, all three of them need to go. <laughs> but sticking with football talks. Um, one of the biggest upsides is actually the Colts standout lineman, uh, Ryan Kelly, said he was going to be playing this week, which is huge for them. They they really needed that. You know, their offensive line has played phenomenal. This is what happened. They I believe they said earlier this week, actually, that the Colts let up the least amount of sacks all season. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy that. since I believe they let up the most last year or the year before, something yeah, they, like, like that. Killed, they got Andrew Luck murdered. They killed they Andrew Luck, years, and then yeah. Andrew Luck came back to life, and now they're like, oh. We should probably protect them now. And now they are doing phenomenal. Which is yeah. why they spent first round picks on that offense. Speaking of which, I'm pretty line. sure like the Colts like O line coach might be considered for like a couple head coaching positions right now. Really? I, I think didn't know that. I, think, I saw their defensive coordinator getting I interviews. think like one team is like going to bring him in for an interview. I don't know. I, I mean, I believe it. Their offensive line has played phenomenal. Think about it. Their offensive line alone has made Andrew Luck finally be able to come back. Yeah. He's playing at MVP level. Not only that, they actually are able to have a run game, which I, the, I have never and seen the Colts of the run it. game. Since I've been watching Not football, since, since they Adon. traded for Trent Richardson, you know, before like before they traded for Trent Richardson, they still didn't have a run game. That's why they spent a first-round pick on him. The Colts never could run the ball, and their offensive line is finally playing at a way that Marlon Mack is producing. So it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how that all shapes out. I think it's going to be a tough game. I really think, you know, it's been said in all the time, I think the AFC playoff picture is anyone's game. Yes. I honestly can make an argument for the Colts winning this game. I think the Texans definitely... It's weird. The Texans' defense, I give it a better edge to. Their key to win 
is just for J.J. Watt or Jadavian Clowney to somehow get through that t- Colts O-line mm. and get at Andrew Luck. They have to be disruptive. They got to they gotta pressure Andrew Luck in some way because, like, if, if they get Andrew Luck shook, they have a very good chance of winning this game. And on the flip side, the Texans' O-line needs to protect Deshaun Watson because he's been getting nailed all year. I, that's a bad offense. Yeah, it, that's the thing. That I honestly think the Texans could be legitimate Super Bowl winners if they had a good offensive line. Yes. The, the problem is Deshaun Watson, I think he's been sacked the most, or if not, I was reading it before the podcast. It was it's one like, of the most. It's like one of the top like three or four in the league. Actually, no, he, he def- it's the most, because I remember he broke the record for most times <laughs> being sacked in a season. That's not a record you want to break. It, which is, But it's also crazy how he broke this record, and the Texans almost had a first-round bye. They're 11-5. Yeah. They, they almost got in, had a bye this week. With Deshaun Watson being sacked 61 times, 60, 61 times this season? Yeah, it's crazy, but, I mean, just... Where Andrew Luck got sacked 18 times this season, the, and they're the sixth seed. The Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins connection has been just their saving grace. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't season. dropped a pass. Also, Lamar Miller just randomly running 99-yard touchdowns yeah, yeah, also yeah, kind of saves their season. Is he healthy again? He comes and goes. I think, yeah, I think he is He healthy. should be playing this week, yeah. He'll, he'll be a big boost for them, but... No, I think this will be a tough game. I really yeah. do. I think the Colts will take this game just because they have the better edge on offense right now. I th- something some like game plan needs to be implemented for the Texans on defense to stop Andrew Luck and if they're able to do that, I think the Texans will take this game, but I don't think they'll get it done. Tyler, I I'm actually I'm going to go against what Michael said. Uh, I I'm picking Houston. I th- I just believe that they are, are the better team here. Uh, there's a reason they didn't need to win in Week 17 to make the playoffs. Uh, they were already in it. I just think, I mean, again, this could go either way. It's going to be a good game, but I'm going to go Houston. Uh, I'm going to, I'm sticking with Michael. I, I think the Colts are going to win only for for a few reasons. I think the Colts win, one, um, because Andrew Luck has a lot more playoff experience than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson obviously has never played in a playoff game in the NFL, which I don't think is a huge deficit because, you know, he played in national championships. He's played college He's played games, big yeah. games before. But obviously the NFL playoffs is big. But I, I I also just think Andrew Luck can play better. I mean, I really do think he, he will be able to play better because it's the playoffs. I know I joked about Michael's cookies last time being T.Y. Hilton. But the whole reason Michael made those cookies a few weeks ago being T.Y. Hilton is because T.Y. Hilton puts up like an average of 250 yards every time he goes hmm. to Houston. Every hmm. time. Every time he goes to Houston. The exact figure is 103. <laughs> Sorry, 103 is the exact amount and, of yards as he puts up every time he goes and, in place in Houston. Building off of that, Eric Ebron has the second most rece- touchdown receptions this season. So, <laughs> Who has the first most? I, th- I don't know. I, I don't know, but like number two is very good for Eric Ebron, considering that like yeah. a lot of teams were willing to disregard him, like just send him off into the sunset, like after last season and the past couple of years when he was in Detroit. But anyway, let's uh let's move on to the Cowboys who are hosting the Seahawks. So they this matchup already happened, also like the Texans and Colts. The Cowboys and Seahawks played each other in week three, and. I'm pre- I think it was in also in Dallas, but the Seahawks came out on top 24 to 13. Both teams struggled at that early in the season. That yeah. should be noted. These are two very different yeah, teams. Yeah, like you can't you can't just like predict this game off of that because I mean, I think the Seahawks were starting to finally like realize who they right. were as a team after that game, but at the same time the Cowboys like they found their stride way later after they got Amari Cooper. So, I would just like to finish uh, Eric Ebron actually had the most amount of 
touchdowns by a tight end. Oh, I thought it was number two. Uh, oh, by a tight end was number one. Yeah. But then he, I think he said in total. Yeah. Oh, I think it was in total. Because he had 13, which was crazy. Yeah. But by a tight end, it was number one. So back to this game. A little, a little facts and figures here. The Seahawks in the last 10 games, nine of them, they have rushed over 150 yards. Mm-hmm. So Dallas, as this season, has only allowed six games where they allowed 100 plus rushing yards and in those games out of all six they've only won one so seattle's rushing attack is imperative this game for them which we know seattle has a great rushing attack yeah they need to like i I keep stressing this because i think their best performance was when they played minnesota at home but at the same time i i feel like that they might get a little shook when they're like not in seattle i think Playing in Seattle has been very great to them, and they gotta like produce on the road. I I think they have the most favorable matchup. I mean, I think the Seahawks are way happier. They have to play the Cowboys over going to Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, also, here's another figure. So since 2008, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are 11 and one on Wild Card Weekend against quarterbacks without a playoff win. Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl winner. True. Jack Prescott has not won a playoff game. I mean, I think that is a huge only I really yeah. think that the Seahawks can win this game. I think the Cowboys are a good team. I don't think their offense is good. And it's tough. I think it's a situation where the Cowboys' offense has the edge over the Seahawks' defense. I think their like their defense is a little bit, but I think the Seahawks' offense also is just very good. And I think they can give the Cowboys defense a run for their money. So it could be a shootout, but it could also be a low-scoring game. I think one of the biggest things, if the Seahawks want to win this game, is they can't just rely on the run. Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence are beasts. and Their front seven is a very underrated front seven. Yeah. The C- and as much as the Seahawks, they just run the ball all the time. And I don't know why they do when they have Tyler Lockett and I Doug mean, Baldwin. Doug Baldwin just came back, and he produced a lot. He's been hurt all year, though. Yeah, he, he just came back, though, and he did pretty well. Like, I think he came back. Out against the Tyler, yeah, he Tyler, out. Tyler then, Lockett, I was watching um the, the Tomahawk podcast with Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins, and uh, they were saying Tyler Lockett, I believe – has been 75 completions or catches this year and has only dropped about 10 or 11 balls. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, ty- why not throw to Tyler Lockett more? And I think the answer is because all the Seahawks do is run the ball. Granted, it works well, but if they want to win this game, they need to be yeah. more than one Tyler Lockett is a guy that cannot really produce too well when he's locked down by the number one corner. I think Doug Baldwin being back and taking on that number one corner assignment is going to help him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that Seattle needs to run it, but I, I think they shouldn't be afraid to go to the, through the air. But at the same time, I think that for the same reason that you were talking about earlier, Vander Edge, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, and being at home in Dallas, I think the Cowboys will probably take this game. Tyler? I like these points. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Seattle. I think Seattle will win this game. Uh, they've been on a roll recently, unless you just, if, as long as you just forget about that time they lost to the 49ers. Nick Mullins mania, baby! Yeah, Find a way yeah. to always plug my man Mullins, even when he See? ain't playing. You're gonna do it. Do you think but, Nick Mullins will be in consideration for a head coaching position? <laughs> oh my god, 100%. Hopefully. But uh, I just think, I, what you said is interesting. Uh, this game, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends 6-3. to three. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends 60-63. to 63. You know what I mean? Like, well, these, now, 60 Alright, well, it's a little high, but I, will, I guess I will be surprised if that happens. But I, this could be a, a defensive showdown or an offensive shootout, and the only way we're going to know is to watch the game. Yes. 
So moving on, oh, the, uh, the, do you have the, my Michael doesn't care about my opinion. Yeah, I don't care. I, I want to. Just wanted but, to, Michael wanted humor to move me. on to the next game. Humor me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to know who I think would win? Yeah, I forgot to. I, I forgot that. See, you didn't. he didn't want to. He didn't want to know because I'm going to say the Seahawks. Ooh, I think will win. You know, I want the Seahawks to win. Um, I just don't think they're gonna. <laughs> I think the Cowboys have a good team. Like I said, I just think Michael, you brought up a good point. Um, Russell Wilson has experience not only in the playoffs but in the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott isn't like he's a good quarterback. I'm a big fan of Dak. Oh yeah, but I don't think he can win the game for them. I I just and Amari Cooper definitely helps. I just think Russell Wilson. There you've seen so many plays of Russell Wilson. Like you think he's getting sacked on third and twenty, he dodges the sack and throws a thirty yard bomb to complete it for a first down. Russell Wilson's an MVP. Russell the hustle bustle man Wilson. Yes, his pocket presence and like just. QB knowledge is just off the charts. So I, I really think, and like I said, I think the Seahawks are ecstatic. They have to go to Jerry's World as opposed well, yeah. to playing in Soldier Field. Oh, absolutely. They're yeah. way happier about that, and I really think that'll help them out. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Michael, now you now move. Now we can move on. Okay, so now we're on to the Sunday games. We got Ravens Chargers, which happened not too long ago. Week about, 16. In LA. Yeah, yeah, no, no. In LA. Weeks, it was really only two weeks ago, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. The Ravens took that game. And a lot of analysts and Phil Sims, I don't know if I'd consider them <laughs> an analyst, but they've oh, been saying not a friend of the show, Phil Sims. Yeah, um, they've been saying that one of the biggest things that LA has to do, and it, it all falls under Philip Rivers, just getting through that like Ravens defense. He needs to get the ball off quicker. He held on to the ball way too long when they played last a couple weeks ago, and I think that this game is really interesting because these teams. Because they did play so, not so recent ago, that they still know like what to do <laughs> to like take I, each other down. They might just have the same algorithm each of them, but the Chargers are the ones that need to make the change because they're the ones who lost. So for starters, I'd like to start off by saying I think Hunter Henry's gonna have a really good game this this week. Um, <laughs> Thank you, he should actually a. play. So, he he yeah. might actually play. Which, I think he'll have a which good, is better than Stephen A. Which I think he'll have a good game this week. But that aside, I think. What's going to be incredibly interesting with this game is the Chargers are going to be the first team that actually play the Ra- Lamar Jackson's Ravens a second time this season. That's true. No team has gotten to play them him a second time. So the Chargers are the only team so far that has actual game play experience against Lamar Jackson and his style of play, has film of them playing it to know what they did wrong against Lamar Jackson, and can actually study that. And the Chargers are a very good team. They, I think, you know, Anthony Lynn is a good head coach. Yes. Um, Philip Rivers is playing well. Their defense is playing well. Duran James is arguably one of the defensive rookies. Him or Darius Boza Leonard. Back. They have Boza back. I really think the Chargers can get the edge because, again, this goes with kind of like Deshaun Watson in my eyes. Lamar Jackson doesn't really – he has no playoff experience really ever. He, he – this is totally going to be new to him. Granted, their defense is phenomenal, and it is in Baltimore, but, I mean, Baltimore isn't that crazy of a home field advantage. And like I said, it all comes down to if the Chargers prepare well enough and they look at the tape of when they played about 14 days ago, then I really think the Chargers can come on top because they'll be able to figure out what to do against him. Yeah. because The thing with Lamar Jackson is he, just because he's a rookie quarterback and hasn't played too much, not a lot of teams have been able to have a second whack at him. No, this no is, one I think has. this is the first time that Lamar Jackson will have a repeating opponent. Yeah, this is. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So the Chargers are going to like be studying that game film. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They'll be able to see, they'll be able to say, Joey Boza, this is what you did wrong on this play. When you see this happen again, don't do this. On the flip side, Lamar Jackson is going to do that same thing 
with the Chargers. He's going to be able to look at, well, this is what they did when I made this read, so maybe I'll make this read instead. This is going to be a very low-scoring game, I believe. And I think... I th- I'd like to think that Baltimore will come up on top. I think if the Chargers can hold the Ravens to under, and this is going to sound crazy, if they can hold the Ravens to under 200 total rushing yards, which you hear 200, you're like, holy shit, that's so much. But the the Ravens put up like... Yeah, the Ravens get like 300. So if they can hold the Ravens to under 200 total rushing yards between, you know, Gus Edwards... And Lamar Jackson, I think Dixon too now. Dixon, they, they have some I think backs. the Chargers will win the game because they'll have to rely on Lamar Jackson to pass, which he's proved he's not a bad passer. No, he can. Oh, but no, he can. Do I it. just think the Chargers' pass defense is really good too, and I think they'll be able to lock him down if Lamar Jackson is forced into pass. Like, think about it. No other team in this league, on second and ten, second and eleven, is just like, all right, we're gonna do a run. Mm-hmm. No team. Yeah. When you're in that long, when you're in second in that long, you almost always do a passing play because you need to get minimal five. You, six you need yards. to make it a third and short. Yeah. But the Ravens are just like second and ten. They're like, all right, Lamar Jackson just going to be a QB run. Just mm-hmm. get us six yards, and he gets like six, seven yards yeah. easily. When I was watching the Browns play him last week, there were multiple times where I literally was like, holy shit, that dude is fast. Yeah. Like fast. So I really think the Chargers, if they let him run wild. The Chargers lose this easily. I really don't know who to... I, I, it's tough for me to pick because it all depends on how much rushing the Ravens will be able to produce. I think over 200 yards rushings, Ravens wins. Under 200 yards, Chargers win. That's my guess. I think That's, that's what I'm sticking with. What are you going to go with, Tyler? I'm going to go with the Ravens, and I don't think it's going to be that close of a game, honestly. I know that... No, that's not a knock against the Chargers, but outside of Phillip Rivers, I don't know how much experience the rest of this Chargers roster has. Not to say the Ravens have a lot of playoff experience either, but I just think that a defensive team can carry a... Not only can they carry a not very good quarterback, Lamar Jackson is a pretty good quarterback. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to doom your team. I think they're going to be a dangerous team in this playoffs, and I think that that they're going to surprise a lot of people on Sunday. Michael, I want you to know Tyler's only saying that because John Gruden is also in the AFC West. So okay. Tyler's not obligated yeah. to okay. ever root for AFC yeah, West. Yeah. I also do think it's messed up that the NFL's making a West Coast team play in a three-hour time difference in the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> but I digress. I digress. Anyway, uh, Roger Goodell. Feel like last, uh, last game <laughs> of the uh, Wild Card Weekend, Bears-Eagles. So I want to start this off with like a cool story that I saw. This is from Philly.com. I, just, like, I came across it this morning, actually. So this game is going to be the first game since the days of Norm Van Brocklin. I honestly where, don't know who Norm Van Brocklin is. He was a seriously good Eagles player. Yeah. In where, like the 40s. This is, this is the first game where a former Eagles quarterback is coaching against the Eagles. Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. He, he was a quarterback for the Eagles yeah. for a couple hours. <laughs> wait, wait. What do you mean a couple so, hours? So this was back in training camp, back in the days of the Andy Reid donovan mcnab era okay so, so like early like mid 2000s yeah so this was like before just before a preseason game against the patriots mm-hmm. and the um so kevin cobb was their second string quarterback for the eagles and he was hurt and they didn't want to like keep donovan mcnab in the whole time or put too much like pressure on like the third string so matt Nagy at the time was an intern for the team he was an yeah. intern coach he was unpaid. So he was called into the GM's office and him, I mean, the GM and Andy Reid were like, are you in shape? And like, do you know the playbook? And like Matt Nagy was like, yeah, because Matt Nagy played quarterback in college. Yeah. So 
they were like, okay. So they gave him a helmet and pads, and they're like, okay, so go out and practice. You're our quarterback now. Mm-hmm. And so he did, like, one practice, and he, yeah. like, did apparently very well. And then, like, there was a second practice that day, and the <laughs> NFL called up the Eagles and were like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> because, really? Well, it's not, like, an illegal move, but they didn't want to set a precedent that, like, teams could just, like, stow away, like, potential players and their coaching staff. To just be like, okay, like so you're a coach now, but now you're going to play. So it's it's a really interesting story because Nat, Matt Nagy like, was a quarterback for the Eagles technically mm-hmm. in all technicality. So did he, did he end up playing in that preseason game or not? No, no. Like literally like he, he only had that one practice to be quarterback. Like literally like <laughs> halfway through the day the NFL. You think he puts that on his resume? Eagles the, yeah, quarterback the 2008? NFL, yeah, the NFL headquarters just called him up and were like, well, they called up like Andy Reid and the GM, yeah. and were like, "What the hell? Like, <laughs> you can't do this." But they weren't like they weren't like saying it in a tone like, "Yeah, this is super illegal. You can't do this." They're like, "Please just don't." Yeah, yeah, and I get what you're the, saying. The Eagles were more, like, "Okay." It was more so of like they weren't like like yelling at them. They were just like, "Hey, listen, we know no one's really done this before, but like we don't want it to become a thing. So if you can just not, so yeah. we can set the precedents. We're not mad at you. Just no one knew. Don't do it." Yeah. I thought it was a crazy story, though. Like I thought it was, like, insane. You know, I think I scrolled through Twitter and saw something about Matt Nagy being there, a quarterback, but I honestly just assumed maybe he was a pass player. I didn't yeah, know he, his experience He was a quarterback much. in college, and then he just, like, didn't get drafted anywhere, so he became, like, an intern coach, mm. and the rest was history. And now, he, now he's the head, now coach, he's the head of the coach of the Bears. So now here we are <laughs> talking about Bears-Eagles. Mm. The um this game's in Chicago, right? Yes. Assumingly, yeah. Chicago's the three seed. It's in Chicago. Yeah. So Chicago, this game's going to be in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think like one of the biggest like f- factors here is how well Mitch Trubisky plays and how well Nick Foles plays against that Bears defense. See, I I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a factor. I'm gonna have to disagree. I I think the Eagles defense is so injured and beat up. I think the the Bears will put up points regardless. I really think it's more so on how well can Nick Foles play away. Since think about it, last year, the Eagles' whole postseason was through Philadelphia. Nick Foles did not have to play an away postseason game last year. So I really think it's how well can Nick Foles play away while, like, you know, against the best defense in the league. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because we saw him light up the Rams on the road a couple weeks ago in primetime. But the Rams' defense is not the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense is undisputedly the best defense yes. in the league. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's definitely going to be a very tough for Nick Foles. If he can, like, somehow muster up a win from this, then I don't even know what to think. I mean, like, Philly by a 1,000 at that point. <laughs> if, they, if they can beat the Bears, I mean, they're the sixth seed, right? So if they beat the Bears, they then have to go to New Orleans. Yep. Yeah, they got to go to New Orleans or... Yeah. This is a lot tougher of a playoff run the team than... team beat them by, like, 40 last time they played. Yeah, this will be a crazy, like, run for the Eagles if Nick Foles can pull out wins, multiple wins, uh, against multiple good, very good teams. I, I mean, I, I think, I feel like I've picked the away team every time, but I, I just can't see a reason to pick the Eagles. I, yeah. I really don't think... It comes down to, like, how well Nick Foles just performs... And Alshon Jeffrey has been like Kyle Fuller led the league in interceptions. Eddie Jackson gets like a pick six a game. (laughs) That dude literally, I've never seen a player like I've seen so many. Most of most teams this year didn't have a single pick six. No. Yeah. Eddie Jackson had like six. Yeah. Like 
The, the, he practiced and then, celebrations and then for you're touchdowns. Like, okay, yeah, well, all right, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller's good, but they must be some. Oh no, they're not because they have Khalil Mack, they have Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. It doesn't stop. It, it doesn't, doesn't stop. stop. Like I, I just can't see this Soldier Field is also a tough place to play in January. It's going to be brick. Well. The, now, one thing, the, the Eagles are no stranger to playing in the cold. No, 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 you're right. But, I mean, I think this place is going to be crazy. Yes. When's the last time the Eagles, uh, the uh, the Bears were in the playoffs? I think it's Jay Cutler, yeah, right? Probably the year they lost to the Packers. Yeah. And, like, right so that was, like, like, 2010. 2010? A while ago. It was that long. Yeah, probably, like actually. 2011, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think you're right. I think it was 2010, actually. Like, the Bears fans are going to be crazy this week. Like, I, I really... You know, I'd like to believe in Nick Foles and think he can make something happen because he has played well. I just don't see him doing anything against his defense. Yeah, it's going to be a really harsh environment considering how, like, crazy Bears fans are right now. I think, like, when they won the, like, when they clinched the division, people were, like, stealing seats from, like, the stadium. (laughs) And that was, like, in week 16. They still had, like, another game to play in, like, the regular season. And like, yeah, and people were just people just shit brought like, their screwdrivers and yeah, Allen no, wrenches, and they were just like, "All right, was, let's go." There's literally a video out there of some guy like unscrewing the seat that he was in and taking it. <laughs> like, I don't know how that how he got out with that. He just put it under his jersey. <laughs> literally, like, it didn't even look like he was fat. It was just like it was like a boxy like thing under his shirt. But yeah, um, I'm gonna take the Bears in this game, Tyler. I'm also I'm gonna go with the Bears, but I think no. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if Philly won. I really wouldn't. Like I understand they're a big underdog, but they love that underdog role. And again, I'm I'm saying the Bears will win. And I think whoever wins, it will not be a close game. I think like if the Eagles win, they'll be up by like 24 at halftime. But like again, I think the Bears are gonna win, and it's not gonna be very close. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh yeah, I I already said the Bears. Okay. I started this time, so yeah. Michael couldn't yeah, cut I, me I, off. I, I, I like was confused because I thought like yeah, you. Yeah, are, no. I, I remember you saying it. Okay. Anyway. Time for this, our favorite part th- of the this, show. This concludes our preview of the te- of, of the wild card weekend. Now here comes to our cooking segment. So, Tyler, welcome to the kitchen. Yeah, well, Tyler, Ooh. put welcome your apron on, Tyler. Uh, put your yeah, chef hat. I got it. Get a uh, get Nana Dion in here. Ooh, she, yeah, I gotta go pick her from so, the nursing home. So, so yeah. Ty- yeah, Tyler. So, what cookies are you gonna bring yeah, to we'll the table? Yeah, we'll let Tyler start. We're, what's Nana Dion bringing to the table? What cookies oh, is get, she man. having? You get first batch. Really, I get to make the first one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nana has never been a great cook, unfortunately. Her 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 mother was it was a good cook, but Nana Dion not great. Anyway, we're gonna go with what we've been talking. Michael's not gonna say T Y Hilton this week, so we're gonna make some T Y Hilton cookies <laughs> because whenever the Colts and Texans get together, you know a T Y Hilton cookie is gonna be shared by all. I like how you know Tyler prefaced his grandmother's terrible at making cookies, so he stole another grandma's cookie. Yes, yeah, he exactly. Stole a recipe. He stole we, a recipe. We're fine with that. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There so can be recipe. Cookies. I'm gonna make. Okay, my, good. I, see, I like that recipe, but I'm gonna fine tune it just a little bit. Okay. So I'm gonna go with Dontrell Inman Ooh. on the Colts. Okay. Because. While T.Y. Hilton has done well this uh, against the Texans, they're going to be so sure to like put as many guys as possible on him every play. So that being said, Dontrell Inman, in the past two games, he's had nine catches for 123 yards and two touchdowns. And he needs to get shit going <laughs> again. And if, and if he does, that just spaces out the offense. It just will make everything, you know, very easy for the Colts to score, like, very often. Cage, what are what are your cookies for the week? See, I think all our grandmas must be in the same kitchen because my grandma's sitting in Indianapolis. We're all with, taking an Indian with, with a nice 
a nice cookie. Who the Colts to lose, by the way, just to be clear. She, uh, I picked the Colts to win. Thank you very much. I picked them to lose. Uh, I, I picked them to. Yeah, you picked them you to win. You both picked them to win. I did. I, I uh, my my grandma's sitting there and she's just looking. She's watching last year's you know NFL award and she's just like. Wow, this is such a great show. You know, everything's going well. And she's, she's like, just, "This isn't Dancing with the Stars." This isn't Dancing with the Stars. And she's she's like, "I'm looking forward to next year's show. I want to see what's going to happen this year." She's looking up who's going to win. She sees Darius Leonard. She's just like, you know, this guy. <laughs> Who the hell is that? Well, that's that's what she said first. That's of all. not Tom Brady. But then she then you know you know Nana DePaula looked more into it. And she's just like, "Wow, this guy." Missed like four games this season, and he led the league in tackling. The league, the whole league, the whole league. Wow, this team led the entire league, <laughs> the, the entire NFL. league. So you, you just mean the AFC, right? No, the NFC, NFC and AFC. What he the led whole the, NFL. So the whole you mean NFL a conglomeration of what we call the National the Football, football League. <laughs> this one man, this rookie, led the whole league. Tell all thirty-two teams. He led them in tackles. He must have made the Pro Bowl. He was a Pro Bowl alternate. Oh, really? Oh, I thought he was a snub. He is a Pro Bowl alternate. He is a Pro Bowl alternate. He's not in it yet, but regardless, my Nana doesn't know the Pro Bowl. She just learns one show at a time here. She was so excited about this Darius Leonard fella, the guy who had an interception last week, a sack last week. He's going all up and down the field, and she's like, you know what? He's going to go crazy against that Texans team, and I've got a whole nice batch of Darius Leonard's faces sitting on my tabletop in my kitchen and I'm ready. And you know what? If the Colts lose, all three of our cookies will suck. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that would just be like a huge bust. So go I had another one, but go Darius go. Leonard, it was between the two. And then the second both of you guys went with Colt-related cookies, I'm like, I'm going all in, Nana. Let's go. Let's Nana. call up Indy. <laughs> what, what is the, what's the thing? Is it Colts up or like... Like, what is the Colts saying? I don't. Like is, do they have a oh, slogan? I have no idea. It's, yeah. probably, it's yeah. probably like hanging like one of those banners. It's probably, like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's probably like we were uh, AFC wild card. Yeah, next to the one where like we had we almost had Josh McDaniels as our like. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like to record a podcast with two Patriots fans. I want you to know if you listen to what they're saying right I'm now. I'm like too too biased. Oh, we we have <laughs> Josh McDaniels almost was our coach. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the we Browns almost fan. beat <laughs> the Patriots in the 2014 AFC Championship <laughs> game, but we lost to the Patriots. We, you know... <laughs> you're just a salty Browns fan, jeez. No, I'm just not salty. It's just your heckling of the Colts. We're supposed to be supporting them. Our yeah, grandmothers okay. made their cookies. Right, okay. Michael, finish off the show. Yes. Tell us where so, people can find us again. So, if you were just listening to, like, the second half of this show, not like, if you skipped, like, our whole intro... Because <laughs> it kinda, Which I'm really sorry yeah, if you did. Yeah, we kind of... Imp- go back to it. I mean, it was, like, kind of shitty improv. I don't know. But um, you can find us on our website, First in 10. The shitty, num- I'm... I'm, I think you did good. Oh, okay. Okay. You did great, Kate. You get a gold star. I don't. Anyway, first in ten sports. The number ten. Dot com. Not dot org. Not dot net. Dot com. Yes, that is our domain that we purchased. Um, we're also on Apple Music and Spotify, and also Anchor FM. You didn't mention that earlier. All under first and the and symbol ten. Mm-hmm. You know, leave us a review, subscribe, definitely subscribe, rate us five stars. The ratings yeah. is what we really need to, you know. And we have about right 300 five-star ratings already, so we're trying to go for 600. So, I uh, think if you divide all those numbers by 100, then those are the realistic figures. <laughs> um, where you could also find us on Twitter at first and the number 10 sport. Is it? No, pod. first pod. Yeah. Pod. At first and 10 pod. Um, on Facebook, we're also just first and 10. And um, am I leaving anything out? Um, we got the website, we got the Twitter, we got the Facebook, we got the the plugs where they can find us. On for where can you find purposes. Tyler? 
You can find Tyler at TylerDeon61 on Twitter. He's Is also that on my fa- handle. I think so. I don't know what my handle is. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think there's a 61 there. There is definitely. Anyways, yes. So That's all. Anyone find me at my house. I'll give you my address, blood type, social security number, whatever you need, folks. M- mother's made a name. I got it here. <laughs> you can <laughs> also got get... it. Just DM him. <laughs> all right. Anyways, well, uh, we'll see you, for, see you, we'll see you for, next week. Yes. Thank you for coming on, Tyler. Oh, thank, let you, John thank you, gentlemen, for having me. Let, let John Gruden know we said hi. I will. Yes. I will. I'll go. And, um, we'll and, see you next week on Wednesday. Yes. Next Wednesday, our usual recording. And until then, Cage, you want to... Um, Do you want to get don't us? get pink eye like me. Yeah. <laughs>